Hello and welcome to another episode of Stop the Clock. This is episode seven, I believe, uh, and it's time. They are here after are 18 here. weeks of projections and analyzing and who's going to do what and all the crazy situations last week. The games are set. The playoffs are here. And so, it's, it's fantastic. It's- I am your host, Sam Fermanek, alongside Judo Kanyas. Uh, and before we get it, because this, this entire this episode, we're not going to do any talk. We are just talking about the games here. We're doing our picks and then obviously going into a deep dive of each game. But the regular season ended. So for me, I went 11 to 5 last week, which puts my regular season record at 171 and 101. And because Jude coerced me into taking the Eagles, I scored 14 points and lost. So. Yeah, um, I took the win there. Um, I did, you know, I, I honestly did not mean for that to happen. I just felt like Sam really needed to catch up in points, and that was the game he could have done it with. Um, so I didn't realize, I think, at that point. Maybe I did, and I'm just about to eat my words. I, did, I don't know if I realized that Jalen Hurts wasn't playing, but it's okay. It's well, I don't think we'd known before recording. I don't, I don't think we'd known that he was, uh, he was yeah. sitting out the they whole time. They were resting a lot, which, like, made sense because they weren't, like, going to go up in seating at all, but... Yes. All right. So our first game after probably the game of the year should have tied, but that's another story. We have the Raiders heading to take on the AFC North champs. Uh, Joe Burrow got some rest last week. He didn't even travel to Cleveland. Uh, Jamar Chase was in just to break the Bengals rookie receiving record. He did that, obviously. So what do you, what, what are, what are things to watch in this game, dude? Well, I, I think the biggest thing to watch, and it's what we've seen from the Bengals all year. It's 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 the big play Bengals, I like to call it. You know, they're, they're a team of that consists of big plays. Now they, they can make those little bit of pl- those you know smaller plays, but how they generate offense is through those big plays, through those large Jamar Chase receptions, through those large Tyler Boyd, you know, T Higgins type of receptions, big runs from Joe Mixon. That's really how the Bengals you know generate offense, and so. I think if you're if you're the Raiders and that's something you have to look at is like okay how can we eliminate the little plays make Joe Burrow really start to think and and take away those vertical plays that are really going to kill us because I mean we've seen Jamar Chase just in his rookie campaign kill defenses with the vertical game so I think really making it sideline to sideline um, it, it's got to be the biggest key for the Raiders and it's going to be tough because defensively you know they're not really great in the secondary yeah I mean it's interesting because when when I look at this game, like, okay, how do you defend the Bengals? I think it's a bit similar to defending the Chiefs in the way that, like, the Chiefs have been, like, big play, big play, big play. Maybe the Bengals don't have all the speed that the Chiefs do, but it's still an offense built off of big plays. However, what we've seen happen with the Chiefs is people start defending them, like, making Patrick Mahomes go the length of the field, which has helped in terms of keeping it a close game. But, however... I don't know if the Raiders want to defend the Bengals like the Chiefs because they got blown up by the Chiefs twice. Yeah. However, this is one of five games in Wild Card Weekend out of the six that is a rematch. So these two teams played earlier in the year, I believe in week 11, yeah. where the Bengals went into uh, Las Vegas and they, they dominated. And it actually, the, the key thing is, which I find so interesting because we just talked about their week secondary is that Joe Burrow did not do a lot in that game. They actually relied a lot on Joe Mixon, and I think that's what they're going to have to do in this one. I think Joe Burrow, obviously, they're going to watch the film, and he's going to come out and probably have more than, what was it, like 140 yards? He'll probably have more than that. 148 that game. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I think you bring up a fantastic point with, you know, really the, the similarities between how you defend the Bengals and how you defend the Chiefs. The Bengals have the advantage, I want to say, in the end that they have a, a running back who you can be like, man, that guy can go get you 100 yards. And so I think that's where you kind of look at it's like, you put, you know, you start maybe playing, you know, a little deeper in your coverage. Okay, then we're going to run Joe Mixon. Um, and, and I think that's something that the Bengals kind of have the advantage at. And I, I think to me, that's why the Bengals will end up winning this game, just because you got to pick your poison, right? Do you want, do you want to get killed at the passing game? Um, and obviously the, the Raiders rush defense isn't terrible, but you know, when, when you're pushing so many people back and with a great runner like Joe Mixon, that, that, that's tough to stop. Yeah, because I, I think what's interesting is this is definitely a game of matchups. Like, I think looking at it on paper, the Raiders, or excuse me, the Bengals, they got to love the matchups. Like, I don't, I can't think of one person defensively that the Bengals have that I like that matchup against any one of their top three receivers. You don't like Nate Hobbs? No, no, dude, that dude is so, don't even get me started. However, if you're on the Raiders side, I also think you have to like the matchups as well. Personally, exactly with Darren Waller one, and I don't really trust that many people in the Bengals secondary to guard Hunter Renfro out of the slot. The thing, the key is though, when they played the chargers with the exception of um, Hunter Renfro catching that one touchdown, their playmakers were not there necessarily in the passing game. It was mainly just relying on Derek Carr as well as Josh Jacobs. They're going to have to do more of this. I think they're going to – granted, yeah. I'm not saying copy what the Chargers did because the Chargers defense did kind of blow that game, but granted, that was <laughs> on the ground. So definitely stopping Josh Jacobs is a big thing. But I, I'm i really interested to see how Derek Carr comes out because this is his first career playoff game. Uh, and I think whoever wins those one-on-one matchups, because I think both offenses have the advantage in that, mm-hmm. is going to come out and win this game. Totally agree. I, I, I think I trust the Bengals secondary a lot more than I, I would trust the Oakland secondary. I'm sorry, the Vegas secondary, um, just with guys like Cheeto, um, you know, former Cowboy. But, you know, Cheeto's had himself a year uh, with the Bengals, obviously, after getting that contract. So I think that's kind of where I, I think the playmaking is going to have to come from Waller. I don't really think there's a linebacker in the, in the Bengals room right now that I could truly trust to guard, you know, uh, Waller. Maybe they bring down a safety and guard him. But, yeah, you know, think- at the end of the day, you're, you're going to have to guard Waller. And, it's but, likely going to be Jesse Bates, and Jesse Bates is a phenomenal safety, but again, it's, yeah. it's the old adage when it comes to tight ends. It's like linebackers would be too slow, but safeties won't be as big. So it's, as big, yeah. it's a matchup problem. However, looking across the board, I think the Bengals have more winnable matchups. They're playing in the jungle in Cincinnati. And while I do like the Raiders' chances, I think absolutely they could come out with the upset. Joe Burrow's too clutch. He's been there too many times. He won a national championship for crying out loud. Like he... This is his first playoff appearance as well as Derek Carr's. I think he's going to be poised. I think he's going to have a good game. So I'm going to take the Bengals in this one. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I'm going to take the Bengals too. I, I think it'll be a close one, but um, at the end of the day, I, I think either Jamar Chase or um, Joe makes it will happen himself a day. I like it. All right. Let's go to the second game of the wild card weekend uh, slated to be one of the coldest in recent memory. I, I believe the high in this game is zero degrees. Yeah, uh, that, that's what it's looking like right now. Um, <laughs> right now, six degrees there right now. Um, and I'd imagine by kickoff, it is, yeah, it's going to probably be zero degrees. Yeah. So the question is, though, who does this play into the hands to? Because we saw it earlier think, this season. That's what it was like. You'd think it would be Buffalo because they play up there for crying. Like, that's where they play. They brought Josh Allen in to be, like, a guy because he played in Wyoming that he could play in these tough weather situations. However... 
when they when it came down to playing in Buffalo, granted, we're not going to have the kind of wins that we did in that game. New England dominated in the weather because they were able to run the football better, and I think that's going to be the key to this game. And that that's truly, I think, Buffalo's one weakness is they don't really have a run game outside of Josh Allen. Yes, Singletary had some touchdowns last game, but I don't trust Singletary. I don't trust Moss. Really, their best threat running the ball is Josh Allen, and I don't think that's a feasible situation, granted, just given the, the how much he does for that offense already. Mm-hmm. So this is tough because Josh Allen – Despite like having them, they brought him in to play in the cold weather. He has not played well in the cold weather this uh, this year. We saw it last week uh, where they couldn't really get started versus the Jets, and the week before, even then against the Falcons, they didn't do much. So it's we need more out of Josh Allen in this. Yeah, and and I'm rooting for Josh Allen, but at the same time, you have the guy on the other side named Bill Belichick who's prone for this weather, and he's you know one of the great defensive minds and. I just feel like you can't bet against Belichick, especially with the weather conditions that they have right now. If in, in these type of weather conditions where it's like, you know, it's, you know, the winds aren't as bad, but still throwing the ball at zero degrees is, is never an easy thing, especially with no grip. This is the perfect game for Belichick to really just shut down everything that Buffalo has. And like you said, there's, there's not a guy that you look with the Buffalo Bills and say, yeah, that dude can, you know, just go run over a team. No, that there isn't. I mean, you know, Josh Allen, but there's only so much he can do because he's playing the quarterback position. Um, and so that's where I stand. But then at the same time, you got, you got a rookie in Mac Jones. Um, going up against the number one defense too. Going number one defense. But I, I like the Patriots purely because I, I, I think what Bill Belichick can do defensively um, and what we've seen in, in recent weeks with how Josh Allen has played and then when we saw them last time they played, and obviously, like you mentioned, the wind conditions are not going to be the same, but how easy the Patriots were able to run. I mean, they, they ran the ball basically the whole entire game. I mean, Matt Jones only had to throw the ball three times and they completely, you know, I mean, they didn't, you know, destroy them, but they, they took apart that defense. Um, and I, I just feel like I can't trust Buffalo at this moment, especially with the weather and Bell and Bill Belichick. See, you got me going back and forth. Cause coming into this, I was very prepared to take the Patriots, but you know what? I'm going to go Buffalo and here's why I think, the last time these two teams played, it was in New England. Granted, it was a bit warmer, but Josh Allen had his best game of the season by far. They were able to get other playmakers involved besides Diggs. Diggs still had a good game, but you got guys like Beasley or um, Isaiah McKenzie as a really good weapon. And I think they're not going to fall. They're going to, they're, Sean McDermott is going to coach these guys up, and he's not going to have them fall into the same trap that they did against New England on that Monday night. They, they didn't expect them to come out and literally run the ball every play. This number one defense coach by Le- Leslie Frazier is going to mix things up. They're going to know that Damian Harris is who the New England offense is going to run through. And if you're the Buffalo Bills, you need to make Mac Jones a player who's not used to playing in cold weather. He is used to big moments because he won a national championship, but so is Josh Allen. Josh Allen went to the AFC championship last year. This is the Bills' revenge tour. There's that iconic photo of Stefan Diggs watching the Chiefs ceremony that's not going to be for not. I actually like the Bills to come back in this one. I'd like Josh Allen to have a really big game. Are you foreshadowing like a Bills AFC championship run right here? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I think it starts with this game right here, and they know that. So I'm going to take the Bills. Okay. All right. Let's go to Sunday. Yes. Moving on. This is the big NFC you know, uh, game, obviously, of your Sunday night. But starting with the 10 a.m. game, we have the Philadelphia Eagles sitting on 9-8, and eight, just the seventh seed, heading down to Tampa Bay to take on the 13-4 and four and second seed Buccaneers. Sam, let's hear it. I mean, it's Brady. I'm not going to bet against Brady. However, 
if you're the Eagles, you gotta, you just gotta stick to your identity if you want to have a chance to the game. Let's run the ball. Let's keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. That's something they've done very good. They've been, I think, the t- statistically the top-rated running team in football this year. I don't love how they got blown out. Granted, they weren't playing a lot of their starters. They did get blown out last week by the Cowboys. Um, but look, it's going to come down to Jalen Hurts. Don't turn the ball over. You need to play very clean football. Don't give Tom Brady extra possessions. Um, but at the end of the day, it's Tom Brady. I think he, they're going to regroup after the whole Antonio Brown situation. I mean, they did last week, and they put up 41 points against a pretty good Carolina Panthers secondary. Um so I'm I'm gonna get into the Bills here. I think that de- they're or excuse me, not the Bills, the Buccaneers. Hey, I'm still hot off the Bills. Uh, I'm gonna give it to the Buccaneers here. Um, I like Brady. Obviously, I'm not gonna bet against him. The Eagles, they played earlier this year, and the Bucks the Bucks won. And I think they're gonna look at that game and pretty much do the same thing. Yeah, and and I think you started off with you know the 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 Eagles have to stick to their identity, which is the best thing that the Buccaneers defense does, which is stopping the run. I mean, they're they're third in defensive run game with only allowing ninety two yards a game. Yeah, I, you know, something like weirdly tells me that like Philadelphia is going to go in there and pull off an upset. But like you said, you. You, you just can't bet against Brady. You know, they've had a rough past few weeks, even against the Carolina game. It wasn't like you could look at the score and say, man, they really blew him out. But for a bunch of the game, it was, it was a close game. Um, and so I, I think, you know, there's always an upset in the first round, but I don't think this is the one that's going to be an upset just because like you said, it's Brady, they're home. Um, yeah. And the, in, in Philly Especially could be dynamic. First- the first home playoff, technically, like technically, not because the, the Super Bowl that was home, but like still, that's fun. Yeah, no, exactly. And and Philly could be dynamic at points, but it's just like they 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 rely so much on the run, and against a team that is notoriously known for stopping the run, it, it's hard for me to trust Jalen Hurts to go out there and throw a perfect game to beat the Buccaneers. Agreed. All right, now now this is the game that you're definitely looking forward to the most. Clearly, you're wearing the jersey for some good luck. Uh, we have an old an old rivalry, and that is the 49ers who got a really fun win last week against Los Angeles. Uh, they're heading to Dallas. It's a whiteout. Let me hear it. What there? What more is there to say? You know, the Cowboys are going in this game as the underdogs. I don't. I don't want to hear. No, I okay. don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear. It. I get it. I get it. They're they're favored by Vegas right now. But I feel like everybody, everybody that's talking right now is taking the 49ers. And I'm not going to be like the guy that's like, oh, we're taking the underdog mentality because I'm not because I know we're a better team. But I, I want to be honest. I, I start with the 49ers. I think the 49ers that. The, the path that they've taken to this playoffs have been very interesting. I mean, the past 10 games, they've, they've been seven and three. They've been playing phenomenal football. They've been running the ball very well, which scares the Cowboys a little bit. I, I think it does scare the Cowboys a little bit just with, you know, I, I think not just with Elijah Mitchell, but the, the variety of run options that they have out of the backfield with the jet sweeps, all of that, that the 49ers can have. Michael Parsons is fantastic, right? My, Michael Parsons, fantastic. They are going to have to, have other guys make plays. And, and I think the Cowboys defense is very capable um, of that. And, and the, the last thing that I want to say before I get to you, Sam, because I, I feel like this is being talked about a lot. It's saying the 49ers are a bad matchup for the Cowboys, right? The 49ers are a bad matchup for the Cowboys. And I, I understand where it's like, you know, they're just not educated and they don't know who plays on the Cowboys defensive line, right? But but no, I will say, the, like I said, the 49ers, they've been a very good run team in the past 10 weeks. And they've, they've, they've definitely shown that, I mean, 
hell, they showed it last week against the LA Rams uh, when they when they had a hell of a running game. But why are the Cowboys not a bad matchup for the 49ers? I mean, look at the Cowboys offense. You, I mean, besides like Fred Warner and Nick Bosa, I don't know a lot of guys in the secondary that can guard an Amari Cooper, that can guard a CeeDee Lamb, hell, can guard a Cedric Wilson, can guard a Dalton okay. Schultz. <laughs> I just feel like the Cowboys on offense – Offense, if they decide to be dynamic, decide, that's the big word, decide to be dynamic, then it's going to be a rough game. Um, but, but like I said, I, I think it's a good matchup for both teams because I think both teams um, – You just I explained think- to me why the Cowboys are not underdogs in this game, and they shouldn't <laughs> be. You are playing at home where statistically you've been pretty good this season. And oh, I, I don't think they're the underdogs. I just feel like they're kind of being thrown in as the underdogs just because of – how how the tables are turned. No, I think the reason why people are looking at San Francisco is because they're looking at the slate of games, and they're like, hey, what's a game that, like, if I'm going to pick the games this week, what can I say is an upset, a juicy upset? And if you look at them, it is this game because it's a good game. I think both teams, as you just said, they stack up kind of nicely against each other. You you got advantages for San Francisco. You got advantages for for the Cowboys. It's as simple as that. And I like – look – the Cowboys in this one, you, this is where your stars have to shine. This is why you brought guys in. This is why you paid guys. It was for moments like this. It's been a rough last two years just because of the DAC injury and there's just a lot of injuries and stuff around this team that prevented them from getting there. They're now here. Let's go. This is, this is a big game for Dak. They paid him a lot of money for these kind of games. And as you just mentioned, I agree. There's no one in the secondary that I really like for the San Francisco 49ers that can come up and play with the receivers for the Cowboys. Heck, we both agree they were the best or one of the best receiving cores in football. And I don't know how much you're going to get out of the run game for for the Cowboys. It's been a little shaky this year, and the uh, the 49ers have been very good against the run. So, again, that, that reinforces it more. You need Dak Prescott to show up and have a big game. I think he does because I think their strength is throwing the ball, and that's the, the 49ers' weakness. Um, however, on the other side of the ball for the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is going to have to have a perfect game. Like, he can't turn the ball over in this game. And, and, that's, and is, is there an all-pro on the Cowboys' defense by a chance? Or actually, Micah is there Parsons. two all-pros on the, on the Cowboys' defense? Micah Parsons and Micah Parsons part two. So, <laughs> is there an all-pro and... Someone who maybe shouldn't be an all pro. I mean, you tell me, is 11 interceptions an easy thing to do? Is a thousand yards given up an easy is thing? 11, I mean, I, I think I second remember, team all pro. I mean, let's look Jalen Ramsey when he was supposed to be locked down. He had he allowed 800 plus yards in his when? 2018 campaign when he was supposed to be the best corner in the league. When he got traded? No, 2018 when he was when he was with the Rams or yeah, the Jaguars. He got that, traded. Last year. that was the year he got traded. Yeah, I mean, he still allowed 800 plus yards. Yeah, that was not that was a down year for him, and that's why he got traded. Him and his disagreements with the coaching staff. Don't even try and compare Trayvon Diggs to Jalen Ramsey. Oh, I don't. I don't. I think Jalen Ramsey is better, but I just want to say that uh, the last time someone had eleven interceptions was in the nineteen eighties. Um, so you know, I'm do you just, want me to list like which corners I would take over Trayvon Diggs? Cool. Are they in the playoffs? Do you want me to? Well, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Jalen Ramsey. All right, he's in the playoffs. Stephon Gilmore. I, no, no, I'm not going to say in the play. I don't give a damn about the playoffs right now. I'm Stephon Gilmore? Stephon Gilmore. A defensive he player. He not really played football in like two years, basically. Oh, he's on the Panthers. What are you talking about? Okay, but he hasn't really played J.C. Jackson. Jair Alexander. Hmm. 
I would have said Marlon Humphrey, but he did not have a great year this year. AJ Terrell. <laughs> You're not going to like this, but Patrick Sertan. Uh-huh. All right, let me, let me go through the divisions here. See, I'd only take Jalen Ramsey, Jair Alexander. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. I didn't go wow. Long. I didn't you go think he's top three? Okay, maybe I'm missing a corner, but I definitely think he's top five. I don't think you can you you can't put a guy out of the top five, and he has 11 interceptions. Same, you have to realize how hard 11 interceptions is to come. Of course, by. but there's also a reason why they're throwing at him so much. He still has 11 interceptions. Like I, I don't get it. He's a like, good corner. I think. Look, there's definitely an argument for top 10 here, but like, I don't know. Okay, granted, for me, maybe that's not what I want in a corner. Yeah, but it's it is what it is. Anyways, let's get back to this game and this matchup and talking about what the 49ers on offense need to do, and it's get your stars involved. In their big wins for the 49ers, we've seen two people go off, and that's Debo Samuel, who I think, which is interesting here, all the attention right now is going to go on Debo Samuel, and rightly so. Debo Samuel's probably been their most dynamic player this year. Let's not forget about the people's tight end, George Kittle. You just roll your eyes at George Kittle as if he... Actually, I'm not going to say that because no, no, no. Put up like I, that's being yards. recorded. He no, said, I'm, he said, I'm not worried about George. Kittle. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I mean, look, he's going to have a good game, whatever. It's George Kittle. He's one of the best tight ends. league. I think the Cowboys run a very good defense where yes, the receivers might have a day, but there haven't been a lot of great tight ends who have Fair no, Dan Quinn has been against great. this yeah. Cowboys defense. So that that's kind of where I'm coming from. I feel like we got guys like Micah that can guard a guy like, Maybe not the whole game, George Kittle, but we also got a guy like J. Ron Curse. He wants his respect. He wants his respect. So, you know, like I, I feel like, yes, George Kittle might have a good game in the blocking, but I, and I'm not saying this because I'm, I'm biased and I'm like, oh, George Kittle sucks. But I, I think overall the Cowboys this season against elite tight ends have done a, a pretty good job at containing them. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like that. Not so much, but you know. Yeah, no, no. But look, what you guys have to do for. If you guys want to, I think you have to keep the 49ers one dimensional. The strength of their team is running the football. That offensive line is very good. You have Elijah Mitchell, who's run the ball very well, undrafted. Of course, Debo Samuel as well. Make the 49ers one. You need to make Jimmy Garoppolo win this game because I don't think he can. It's as simple as that. If you're forcing Jimmy Garoppolo to throw it every time, Trayvon Diggs will get number 12. And that pass rush will start to lick their chops. And yes, for the pass rush. But they also get Micah Parsons just coming back off of rest because he was on the COVID list last week. So he's coming in hungry. I think that boosts their run defense insanely. Uh, so I'm going to take the Cowboys. I like, I trust the quarterback for them more. I trust their matchups uh, on the 49ers secondary a lot more. I went back and forth. I was debating. I was like, ooh, I don't know. The Niners, if they play a perfect game, could win this game. But it's in Dallas. The fans are going to rock and give me the Cowboys. I, I think I know who you're going to take. Yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys. And just my closing thoughts on that is, like I said, if the Cowboys and Kellen Moore decide to unlock this dynamic offense they have, I don't think it's a game. I I just don't think it's a game. That's a great point, actually. If they play conservative, they are going to make this a game because we have seen the Cowboys. And now you could say they're playing inferior opponents. 50 points isn't easy to come by. And I'm not really taking the Eagles game because, in you know, Washington, they were banged up. 50 points is 50 points, okay? I mean, 50 points is 50 points. The Cowboys worked on all cylinders in that game, and, they, and they've done it, and yes, I know, maybe not against amazing opponents, but they've shown that this offense is so dynamic, and people can't stop it. I mean, these are still NFL defenses, and they can't stop it. So that's why if they decide to be dynamic and decide to just 
you know, open up the playbook, I don't think it's really much of a game. But like I said, do I trust that from what we've seen over the it's been season? Are they going to make miss. it difficult on themselves? Yeah, yeah they're going to make it more difficult than actually easier on themselves. But, yeah, th- those are just my closing thoughts on the game. But, yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys. All right. Now I think we have another game here. I don't know how on earth. Thank you. They got into the Sunday night slot because, like, are we serious? Come on. Are you? Are we really going to sit here and act like NBC just doesn't want to talk about Patrick Mahomes the entire night? Like, bro, this should not be the Sunday night game. The Steelers they barely... They have to be losing money by putting this game, right? I mean, there's right? no way they are not... If you put Cowboys 49ers, you're making so much more money than this Sunday night game. Literally... Any other game. Any other, any game. other game. Maybe, maybe but, not Eagles. Yeah, but, maybe not Eagles, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Besides that, yeah. Uh, this is a sleep fest. I'm did sorry. people not watch the first game when they got manhandled? Manhandled. Manhandled. I mean, it wasn't. Oh my God. It wasn't even a contest. I mean, for the whole game, it was basically thirty-six to three, except for the end where they got a you know a touchdown. Oh, congratulations! Here's your certificate. You know, you did it. But like, no, it's it's. Yeah, no, this is, this is definitely going to the Chiefs again. Similar to the Niners, I think the Steelers have to play a perfect game. Then, then Because I actually was okay. Like, I thought it would actually be really nice if Ben Roethlisberger went on on that win in Baltimore last week. I thought that yeah. was going to be a great thing for him. And then, unfortunately, Brandon Staley messed that up. And they went to the playoffs. <sighs> Why is it Sunday night? I don't want to spend my night like that. Watching right. a bad I mean, football like, game. The Chiefs are going to show. Is this really how we want to end this weekend of football? However, I like that you say that. I think we're both taking the Chiefs in this one. It's not the end of the week. Because for the first well, I time. I said weekend. I said weekend. I, I, I said weekend. Granted, it's MLK. It's MLK we, got we, got a th- we got a three-day week. Granted, we got a Monday about. night game. Sam, give it to us. Rams, Cardinals. They split the season series. Both won on the road. The Rams, however, when they won on the road, it was without Jalen Ramsey. And Tyler Higby. However, they did drop one last week against the Niners in a crushing fashion. They actually blew a 17 to nothing lead. Now they take the Cardinals, who also kind of blew a game uh, that they should have. They could, if they just beat the Seahawks, they would be the NFC West champs right now. They did not, and now the Rams are the champs. Uh, and Matthew Stafford had the chance to win his first career playoff game, or excuse me, get his first career playoff win. Yeah, because uh, 2014 happened. Um, oh. you know, I'm conflicted because I, I honestly can't trust either of these teams. I think they're both very good teams, rightfully so. I mean, they're, they're the fourth and fifth seed in the playoffs, but on the Rams after what happened last week, um, and I meant to talk about this on a previous podcast, but I think Stafford and, and there's like some statistic where Stafford's like the best fourth quarter cut quarterback or whatever like he's really good in the yeah, fourth that was quarter not the case last week <laughs> well not the case last week and and that's my point that's my point this is where you know in the postseason you can look look at as many stats as you want but at the end of the day you got one game you got one game and you got to win the one game so stats come into effect but at the end of the day you just got to play your best ball and and to me it's like stafford's a great quarterback but what we saw last week in, in a game where they had, well, they didn't have to win, but it would have been a, it would have been great to win, and they had the opportunity to win in overtime. And for him to just completely underthrow his receiver like that, 
you know, it, it, it kind of said something. It, it did kind of say something. So I look at that and I'm saying, you know, that's why I can't fully trust the Rams. But on the other side, it's like the Cardinals are decimated with injuries. I know they're getting J.J. Watt back. I don't even know how he's playing. I mean, my God. I mean, the dude's like, I feel like he's hurt every single body part like at this point. Um, so that's why I'm leaning towards the Rams just because of the injuries that the Cardinals have had to deal with. Um, and I just really think Kyler can't do it himself, especially with the talented defense uh, that the Rams got with Floyd and Donald. Ramsey. Yeah, it's it's going to come down to whose stars shine the brightest. And I think the Rams have healthier and more stars. And when you talk about stars, let's talk about the biggest one of the biggest stars in this game who's not going to be playing for the Cardinals, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. We have seen the impact of not having DeAndre Hopkins. They've dropped easy games like the Seahawks and the Lions without DeAndre Hopkins. You can see how big of a hole he leaves on this offense. And it's it's really put... I think the it's made Kyler Murray really carry this this team, which I think he's fully capable of doing. He's a number one overall pick for a reason. But I like the Ram stars more. You got Donald, you got Miller, you got Ramsey. Then on offense, you got Cooper Cup, who had historically one of the best receiving seasons of all time, the triple crown winner. Uh, Odell Beckham, Matthew Stafford is going to have to make some big time throws, just like he did in the last time they played. I like the Rams in this one. I think also they've, with the exception of last week, they've run the ball very well. Sony Michelle has been a very good pickup for them. Uh, and guess what? They get Cam Akers back too. He was back just for a couple carries last week to get his feet wet. Uh, I expect his load share to definitely increase. We know how dynamic he can be. Um, and I think the LA stars shine bright. Yeah, and just an interesting thing coming out of this week is that the Rams signed Eric Weddle. Um, and I, and yeah, kind of I, interesting <laughs> signing because I think that's – if you're Arizona, you got to look at it and say, okay, let's go deep. Let's go deep. I mean, they, yeah, they got the Fuller speed was a guys. Big loss. They, got, they, got, they got the speed guys. They got, you know, Ronald, Rondell Moore, the rookie. They got Christian Kirk who can make those deep plays. I'm not going to say A.J. Green, but, you know, sometimes he can go deep. I think you if, if you want a chance to win this game – you have to go vertical. Kyler Murray is going to have to make some deep and big throws uh, because besides Ramsey, I look at the secondary and, you know, you got, you know, you got Ramsey and, and Darius Williams, but besides that, I don't, I don't see a guy that can, you know, really, I, that I trust personally, um, you know, and Taylor Rapp, maybe he'll play and he's been a good safety, but besides that, I'm just, but I'm still going Rams. Still going uh, Rams. I just, I just thought the development was interesting. Yeah. I, it's so funny hearing you say that like, AJ Green is like not a deep threat anymore. Cause you're right, he's not anymore. But like I remember it's oh, what was it? 20, 2015 season, we had John Gruden on the call. He's like, You got AJ Green, <laughs> the most feared deep ball receiver in football. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, AJ was different. He's actually been nice, but that was when DeAndre Hopkins was on the field exactly, as well. We've yeah. kind of seen him dip off a little. But Sean McVay's been there and done that. This is Cliff Kingsbury's first big time game, uh, playoff game. So I like the Rams. For sure. Yeah, I like the Rams so the Cowboys can play Tampa. So, so it looks like it's gonna come down to Patriots versus Bills. It in terms of in terms of our picks and our points and whatnot. That was looking like because I think we all we took the same except for that game. So you bet against Bill. Man, that's a that's a shame. I like Josh. What can I say? <laughs> all right. Well, if you guys enjoyed this uh, episode of that football, or, um, Stop the Clock, make sure to check out our other episodes. Uh, there's six of them. This is the seventh. Uh, more will come out. 
We got a fantastic super wild card weekend coming up starting tomorrow at 1.30. So definitely be tuning in. I know I will. I know Jude will. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and have a good day.